Hey you! Today I have a great interview with Suzanne Redman. If you don't know, she has a really well-known podcast in the art field called The Left Brain Artists. And I listened to this podcast such a long time and it was such a pleasure to finally meet her and get to talk to her about how the podcast came out and also about her art. It was very interesting to see her whole quest to find her style and I think you can get uh, great nuggets on this podcast. And Suzanne is an abstract artist, floral artist, and she does this amazing paints of photos with acrylic acrylic pens as well. Very detailed and I'll post for sure pictures on the blog post of this episode. So I hope you enjoy and don't forget if you enjoy the podcast, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We would love to hear from you. And now to the podcast. Welcome to the Artistically You podcast, where mixed media art is a place for all. Here, we are going to talk about art as a mindful practice, connect with our creativity, and embrace curiosity. This is your host, mixed media artist, Jana Oliveira. Hi, Suzanne. So good to have you here in the podcast. Hi, Jana. It's nice to be here. It's it's fun that you did my podcast and now I'm doing yours. This is I exciting. know. And it was like a surreal experience because um, we're going to talk about later, but Suzanne has a long time podcast, very well known in the field, the Left Brain Artist podcast. And she also is an artist. So we're going to talk a little bit first about your art and then we can talk about the podcast. But it's such a pleasure to have you here. And we also discovered that we are practically neighbors. <laughs> Right. Yeah, we live very close to one another. Yeah. In fact, uh, she was saying, I go to Target. I said, yeah, that's practically in my backyard. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. So, you know, yeah. how life works. Right. Um, that I get to talk to you when I finally come to Florida. So it's 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 really a, a kind of, I feel like a circle moment. Let's talk a little bit about your art. So tell people what kind of art do you do? Okay. Well, I do acrylic painting. Mm-hmm. And I use brushes and paint pens. Okay. So I, my preferred brand is the Posca paint pens, oh, yeah. which I love. Mm -hmm. I just love those. So what I do is I put down a background of paint, lots of different colors using brushes. And I use the dry brush technique mm. where, um, and I'm mixing colors right on my palette. And when I say palette, it's a paper plate. <laughs> But that's what I put the paint on. And then I just kind of mix colors there. And then um, sometimes I might squeeze paint right onto the Yeah, I'm here looking at the and... art. So beautiful yeah. art there. Yeah, thank oh, you. Now I see. So you use the pans and that's why you have all these little details in your work. Right. So the illustration part is with pens mm -hmm. and my subjects are, my subject is generally flowers and plants. Just like me. I love Yep, I love painting that. And the I always say that the flowers are inspired by what I see on my walks. I do a lot of walking yeah. through nature areas in Palm Beach County, Florida. But then they come out of my imagination. Mm -hmm. So you'll see a flower that has 13 petals because mm -hmm. I just kept making petals. And, mm -hmm. you know, you'll see a blue flower in a different shape. So 
every once in a while, somebody will say, oh, I love your, um, I think somebody complimented me on my bluebells one time. I didn't even know what a bluebell was, but apparently I drew that. <laughs> I painted that. You so know, yeah, I, 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 I kind of make up my own flowers and I'm inspired by what I see. And I also hear in Florida, uh, definitely Florida has a different kind of nature. Um, you know, especially they for do. me that came from Washington State, very different kind of nature. Um, yes. But I see some flowers here. Well, first of all, let me just disclaim, if you're listening to this and you're a good gardener, I'm sorry, but I know nothing about names. But my goal is now that I have a backyard is to learn about flowers and, and do my... Yes. But I, when, when I do in walkers too, I see such different shapes of flowers. I wish I knew the flowers. I actually am thinking to get an app. I, I, I saw an ad that there's an app now that you can just take a picture and you recognize the plant and tells you the name and tells you how you should take care of it. Oh, that's cool. And I like that. If you are having any kind of issue with the plant, the app can say to you, oh, this is going on too much water or you need more water. Oh. or And so, but I see such unique shapes here when you have yes. flowers. And what's interesting is I, I grew up in Cocoa Beach, Florida, which is only a little over two hours north of here. Mm -hmm. But when you look at the growing zones in the United States, yeah. Palm Beach County is below the tropics level. So we're considered tropics and Cocoa Beach isn't. It's the next mm. level up. And so even just a two hours away, I see completely different flowers that, that I never yeah. grew up with. So that's kind of fun. Um, and we have out here, we're basically, I don't know if you know this, but we're basically on the wetlands, on the Everglades. Mm -hmm. And they've just built houses. They've built it in. So we're very, very wetlands. And we see all kinds of wetland birds yeah. and swampy things. Yeah. Um, and yeah. did you always start with painting flowers? No, as an artist... Well, first of all, I never called myself an artist growing up because mm. I had um, just so many different interests. I was always doing crafts and all kinds of things, right. but never like painting. And I, I always equated being an artist as somebody who could paint or draw exactly what they see. And mm. I was always drawing made up things and uh, abstract and chosen colors of my own but I also did a lot of crafts. So I just thought of myself as crafty. But then when I started in the art world, so to speak, I was actually making jewelry. So I've made jewelry my whole life. And that's how I entered the art world in Palm Beach County is by making jewelry. And I started showing them at outdoor shows, you know, with the tent, mm -hmm. that whole thing and indoor shows. And then I just started taking classes. So I was taking classes for fun because I've always been interested in trying new things. And then I started the painting and I probably started around 2010. That was probably my first online class. And most of the classes I've taken are online. And uh, I started painting. And so when you take a class, you're pretty much painting what the teacher is telling you to yeah. paint and you're using her style and mm -hmm. but you're trying to develop your own style so yeah. you paint 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 I painted all these canvases and it didn't ever feel right mm -hmm. until I got back to it in 2018 back mm -hmm. to the painting and I 
got inspired again by watching Instagram and seeing people who did the 30 day projects or the 100 day projects. Right. You've seen those and people will pick a theme. Everyone does it differently. Mm -hmm. And so I followed this one artist, uh, who is it? Oh, Robin Marie Smith. And she was doing, she was doing collage and, Mm -hmm. but it was like painted papers that she then tore or cut up to then make collage. And so she did one every day for a hundred days. And I remember that. Yeah. And so that inspired me to start making a collage. And um, I talked to her later because I ended up interviewing her for the podcast. And she said, oh, yeah, they're like four inches by four inches square or something like that. I said, you're kidding me. <laughs> I didn't realize they were so small. You know, no wonder you could do one every day for 100 days. Mm-hmm. Um, so that really impressed me that, first of all, you don't have to do anything large. And the more you do something, the better you get at it. So I thought, okay, I'm going to do a whole bunch of something. And so I started with paint and jelly pens, gel pens mm. and collage. And so that's what I started with. And I made, um, I made 16 in a series, but then I made a bunch of other ones too, mm-hmm. but 16 were, were like a same subject matter. And so I just kept painting and I loved these jelly pens that I used um, and found that they were permanent. And that's important to me for many reasons. You want your art to be permanent, but I'm a lefty. And so when I use pens, I erase it with my hand. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. when you write with your left hand, you're just kind of rubbing it on the side of your hand. So I need to find pens that dry quickly. Mm. So I really found these, I love these jelly roll pens and then, and those were ink of course. And then I found the Posca paint pens and of course that's paint. So it doesn't dry as quickly, but I learned how to hold it differently. So my hand was above the page right. and it wasn't just rubbing against it. So I love the acrylic paint with the Do you use more the fine tip? Is that what you use most? No, I mostly use the bold tip for Posca mm. pens and the, the jelly roll pens might just be um, fine details mm-hmm. that I add to it later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So in 2018, I just started painting and started on paper mm-hmm. and then I found this product um, canvas paper. Right? Do you know what that is? It's a yeah. pad of canvas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wanted to get the feel of painting on a canvas, but of course it's expensive to use a, you know, two inch or one and a half inch deep gallery wrapped canvas Mm -hmm. when you're still exploring and figuring things out. So I started painting on this canvas pad. Mm -hmm. I I don't really want to call it canvas paper because it's not paper, it's actual canvas. Yeah. And so that was great because that was really inexpensive. You could you could buy a pad of 10 sheets for ten dollars, a dollar a page. And for people that are listening, I'm going to put on the show notes, but you can, you know, buy on Amazon and there is a brand called Fredericks. I used Mm -hmm. Fredericks and also Straffermore has canvas pad. Do they? Yeah, Yeah. I I find it at Michael's Crafts, but then Mm -hmm. they're also at Jerry's Artorama, but I don't remember the brand name. Yeah. Yeah. And but mm-hmm. I buy usually on Amazon. And what I like about Amazon is that it has the subscribe and save. So then you get okay. extra 15% off. Oh, nice. So mm-hmm. I receive automatically. And oh, great. you can skip if you want a month. And but mm-hmm. you don't have to keep ordering. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. 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 But they are wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. 
so yeah, that's what I started doing. So then, and then I moved toward doing canvases and I did this, I had this 36 by 36 inch canvas, which is quite large, yeah. a gallery wrapped canvas. And I had painted something else on it and I just never felt satisfactory. It never felt satisfactory, but I had a lot of other canvases from when I was painting a few years ago where I just never felt like I had found my, my style. Mm -hmm. So this big three foot by three foot, I said, okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to paint the background and then I'm going to use the pens. And I did the whole thing illustrated with flowers and leaves with the pens. And it took weeks to do this because it was just so large. That was like my breakthrough. I said, okay, mm. that this is my style. This is what I want to do. And I think it was because I did something so large after experimenting on all these smaller canvases right. that I did large and I committed to it and worked on it for, and when I say a couple of weeks, I mean, it was, you know, in your hours, your free time was you like believe, eight hour days. Do you believe it was your constant practice that took you there? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So in 2018, I painted 125 paintings. I mean, it's wonderful yeah, because if you think about it, it's, it's, it's not a long time ago, right? And right. if you think about yeah. some artists struggle finding their style for years and years and years. Well, and I really had back in 2010 and 12 when I was started taking classes. Mm -hmm. um, so I put it away. I was mm. kind of discouraged, yeah. but it was the 100 day project where it's like, yeah, okay, I could do a little bit every day. Yeah. I could do something little every day. And I think that was a great so, idea. Yeah. So I bought these pads. I want to say maybe they were like 11 by 14, but then you can cut them in half and mm -hmm. just work on a small thing. And, and, um, I the other great. I was inspired by the 100 day product, but not in 100 days because with I never me, did 100 either. Yeah. But yeah. with me, it's still having a young child. It's hard. Yeah. But I did this. I got a sketch uh, mixed media book. And mm -hmm. my goal is to fill up that book with acrylic paints because it was my journey to get my piece with acrylic paint. And Excellent. I just yeah. discovered so many things. And I still have some pages I have to finish, but I had to stop because of my moving. But I yeah. think it is practice that you have and you have a goal, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. But did you feel while you were going through that process? Like, did you you were thinking a lot? Because sometimes I, um, you know, many people struggle with that. So I just wanna I like to talk with artists about that so people can relate. Um, mm -hmm. How was your you know that middle range to get there? Did you feel frustrated many times, or you were like, okay, I'm getting this, I'm getting there, what I want, I'm feeling happy, happier and happier with what I'm doing here well i think the key was that i i moved to that canvas paper because mm -hmm. it's very frustrating when you're painting on a gallery wrapped canvas that you yes. spent fifty dollars on or more and you're frustrated and and you're not getting it right and you don't like how it looks you don't want to hang it in your own house mm -hmm. that just opened things up for me so much by using that inexpensive canvas it's pad like, it's just like paper it's not paper but it's exactly it feels like paper yeah so it took the frustration out of the equation, mm. which was nice. Yeah. So I was using paper sometimes, but mostly this canvas paper. And so I was satisfied with the feel of the canvas and the way the brush was and the pens were moving across canvas. Mm -hmm. I was learning, like what you said, you discovered things. I was learning how the pens 
worked on canvas because canvas is is rough because it's it's you know like the grid the weaving mm-hmm. um the fine tip pens for the posca pens don't work as well because they skip they get yeah. caught on it and they skip and and kind of spit across the page so that's why i stuck with i said okay so i like these bold ones mm-hmm. so each step was a learning experience so i learned what worked the other thing that i did is that's when I started Instagram. And I mm-hmm. thought I'm gonna put every single one on Instagram, whether it's good or bad or whatever, but I'm gonna have a consistent putting things up every time I finish one. And lo and behold, strangers were saying, oh, I like that, oh, I like that. And so that helps to take the frustration out of the equation too. Oh, when so people do are you have also, you. So do you have also personal Instagram other than the podcast? I do. Oh, okay. Yes. I didn't know that. Yes. So my personal Instagram account is Suzanne Redmond Art. Art. Okay. And then my podcast on one is the name of the podcast. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, I started putting it on Instagram and I also did this set of 16 collages that told a story. It was mm-hmm. based on some letters that were written to my grandmother a hundred years ago. Yeah. In fact, I started it in 2019 and the letters were written in 2018. I mean, uh, 1918. So 101 years ago. So that had a story and people really got interested in that. So that helped people interest because they wanted to know what happened next in the story. It was um, she got a series of letters from a man who was a friend of hers. And he was in she was in Oregon, where my mother's from, my mother's mom. And he was in France in World War One, and he was writing to her. And uh, it told this whole story. Um, then she discovered that he was married. <laughs> and I remember asking my mom about it. I said, well, why, if he was married, why was he writing to her? And she said that when World War II came, and she thinks World War I was the same way, people just wanted to be married so they'd have a girl waiting for them back at home. And so a lot of people got married, even though they weren't, it wasn't the one, you know, they, yeah, they were, yeah. And so he married this woman and then later he really wanted to talk to my grandmother instead. (laughs) So, um, anyway, it's a great, it's a great story. I won't do any spoilers if you want to look at it. Well, the spoiler is the spoil. I'll tell you the spoiler. The spoiler is he got shot down and killed in the war he died and then she still kept getting letters and oh it was just this whole thing yeah so anyway i made collages out of all those letters and i think because that had a story people got interested in it and then i i just started um doing abstract uh pen and paint and it didn't need to do anything yeah so i see i mean you know know, in your website so you also have abstract art yes and And also what I can see is that now you do them on big canvases, right? You have a 48 by 30 here work. Yeah. Yeah. I do a lot of big canvases too. So like I said, I do do that jump was scary. Like a big, because many artists have are afraid of the big canvases. Well, I think I started with my biggest one and, and, and did fine. And so nothing else could scare me because I started with a three foot by three foot. I mean, I know people do a lot larger than that, but that was huge to me. Yeah, I just heard a podcast of a painter. She does just oils and she paints just in this four by four, six by six board. Yeah. And she was saying that she's terrified of big canvases. Um, Right. I guess if you're so used to just little 
uh, pieces, it must be scary. But my problem with becams is I love them. And if I could, I probably would be just painting big because I think they give you such a freedom. But my problem is space, like where are you going to storage all that? Well, you don't store it. You hang it on the wall. No, yeah. I, I've got I've got probably 20 paintings hanging on my wall in my house. Yeah. Well, I, I have one room that's like my office slash art room where mm -hmm. my computer, where I, the room I'm in right now when I'm talking to you. And I just hang up whatever can fit in this yeah. room. So this room is really crowded and busy and lots of- I have yeah. a wall here that soon is gonna have all the art. Um, yeah. But so I see here that in your abstract art, so no, before that, how, how did you decide like, okay, I'm doing this flowers, I got my style that I like, I'm doing these things with the pants and I would advise people to, to go to a website. I'm gonna, you know, if you're not watching this on YouTube, I'm, I'm gonna put on the show notes, it's SuzanneRedmond.com. And you, you just have to see her florals because it has such great details on them. But then how did you decide, okay, I'm doing good, I'm feeling good about this, and now I'm gonna try some abstracts. Because I see here that your abstracts, yes, there is some botanicals, but some of them, no, it's mostly very abstract shape. Uh, I love your use of color. You are like me, you like the strong, bold colors. And I do. I love this one, because I'm a sucker for purple. I love this one that has this purple with the circles. I love circles as well. So how did you then decide to do that transition from, not transition, you paint both, but like you say, okay, yeah. I'm going to try abstracts now. Well, I, I really think I started with abstract. Oh, I did okay. abstract first. Yeah. And because that was just easy. There was no, I wasn't putting pressure on myself that this right. has to look like a bird or, or uh -huh. a tree. You know, mm -hmm. it was just, I was flowing the paint on the paper and then seeing where the flows went and then... Um, and when I say flow, um, I don't mean like acrylic pour flow, flow mm -hmm. with my paintbrush yes. kind of flowing it around. Mm -hmm. And then I would outline that and mm. I would just use pens and outline that yeah. and, and follow the, I always let the background paint inform me where the foreground wants to go. Mm -hmm. So, so I don't have an idea until that background paint goes down. And then yeah. I decide what, what, what I'm going to do with it. So I started with abstract, but then I went into, I let's, one. oh, I thanks. Yeah. I love the color combination. She, mm -hmm. she was holding one up that's purple and, and kind of a pale yellow. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I just made a ton of those abstract and then I started doing the flowers oh, and I started with just like a single flower in the middle or you know a couple of flowers just right in the middle mm -hmm. and then it wasn't until i i did that big one where i did all the hundreds of little ones just covering mm -hmm. the whole thing but if you notice when you look at look at it, the ones that are covered in flowers um so let's say i do a background and i'm using about let's say six colors and so mm -hmm. there might be 10 different swatches of color using six different colors. So some mm -hmm. of them repeat. I might have some lavender in the bottom left corner and then some more in the top right corner um, and then some pink and blue or something. So then when I put the flowers on, the flowers are going toward that patch. So mm -hmm. every time I have a lavender patch, I do the same type of color of flowers. 
That's just what I do in my head. That's how I do my composition. Mm -hmm. And so because I've decided to do those colors, it's told me that I need to do two patches of one flower or three patches of the same flower. Mm -hmm. And flowers just came natural to me because I've always liked flowers, Mm -hmm. always. So for example, when I got married a million years ago, um, I didn't care about what the cake, um, I didn't, I didn't want one of these, um, you know, buttercream frosting cake flour, mm-hmm. flour cake. I wanted fresh flowers on it. Mm. And then the fresh flowers for me and for myself and for the girls, I had, each girl had a solid color. So mm. kind of like how I do my paintings now. So mm-hmm. one girl had light, a bouquet of nothing but these light blue flowers. One had dark purple, one had light purple. And then I had a little bit of everything. I had a mixture. So flowers have always been my thing. And yeah. so it just, it was and natural to start doing flowers you, on the paintings. I love that you call them garden acrylics. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, love that name. I use, I use that name because um, I think it's important to tell people what your medium is mm-hmm. that you are doing acrylics or oil or, or whatever. Um, and garden is just the word that I'm, it's like, I'm creating my own garden. Mm-hmm. So that's the important thing that this is a garden, but it came from my imagination. Yeah. They're beautiful. Yeah. So I will put, I'll put the link for her collections here. So you say here that you also have prints available so people can message. You I do. If they want prints mm-hmm. of your art. And, yes. Um, do you do them yourself or do you use a service? I use a service. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all of my paintings are for sale. I just don't have the shopping cart set up on my website. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it has here her but, um, email. Right. You can email me if you're interested in anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I have a lot of prints. I've shown some work in some shows mm-hmm. where you could do a basket of prints. Yes. And so that's why I got a lot of prints made. Um, um, and I have a good source. And do you use, uh, what kind of acrylic paint do you use? Is it more like soft body or? No, both. 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 I use I use high flow. Well, no, high flow is a new category. Um, fluid, fluid, I guess, is, is yeah, yeah, fluid. And then I also use the, the heavy body. Um, I use a, and I use a couple of brands. I use Golden mostly, but I've also used some Lucas Haas. Mm. Lucas Haas? No, that's an actor's name. Is that right? There is a brand of paint called Lucas. Yeah, Yeah, Lucas Krill. Lucas Krill. Yeah, I think I was telling you the name of an actor from the 80s. Yeah, Yeah. and so, um, and that one's a little thicker. So I I have this this white that's a Lucas Krill and it's thicker, but then I'm using the more liquid colors, but then I'm mixing it with the white. So then Mm -hmm. it's making it like a heavy body color too. Um, so I want to show here, uh, it's called revealing and releasing, and, um, you can see it later on the website, but yeah, I changed the name just, to that one. Yeah. I it's changed just, it to- um, it is, uh, it is like a garden. It has so yeah. many kinds of flowers, but it has all these details and yeah. all these colors. So how long it takes you to do something like that? Well, it took a couple of weeks, but that's, you know, working probably three hours one day, one hour another day, you know, when you can fit I, it in. I bet yeah. it must be really relaxing to do all this little details. It is. It is. And I'll tell you why the, the pen work is relaxing, because yeah. when I 
set up to do painting, I put on paint clothes because I always mm -hmm. get paint on my shirt. I always do. So I put on a shirt that's already got paint on it and, and everything. But when I do the pens, I don't have to change my clothes. I don't have to set yeah. up on a table, the whole they thing. Wonderful. I, I put like an apron on my lap because if you drop a pen, you know, you'll, you'll get yeah. paint on your pants or something. But if I'm doing a smaller one, like a 16 by 20, I can sit there in front of the TV and just do the, do the paint pens. Um, yeah. I can do it anywhere in the house. In fact, um, in 2020, when we locked down in March, in Florida, we had this gorgeous weather in March and everybody shut down. The kids were home from school. Nobody was working. Everybody was home. And so I set up a table in the backyard and I painted out there and I could just take a um, just a 16 by 20 and a handful of pens and just work right outside, which was so much fun. So I like the portability of using the pens that you mm -hmm. can do it anywhere do it anywhere, anytime. You don't have to do a big prep. You don't need a glass, a cup of water. You don't right. need any. Yeah. And yeah. okay. So now let's talk a little bit about your podcast because, okay. um, you have a podcast and how, how many episodes? 300, Two, 200, 228 and yeah, almost 230. And it's weekly. Yeah. It's weekly, yes, right? Week. Yeah. Let so me how do you something. get that idea? Okay, um, so a few years ago, I want to say like in the 2008, 9, 10 time period, I went, I had always been looking for an art retreat to go. I just thought that would be really fun. Have you heard of art retreats where mm -hmm. you can go and take classes somewhere yeah. else? And so I'd been looking around and it seemed like so many of them were on the West Coast of the United States and I lived in Florida and... Um, but I really wanted to go to one of these. So I found one called Art and Soul, which is the main one is in Portland, Oregon, and they still mm -hmm. exist. They still do these retreats. Well, my brother lives in Portland, Oregon. And I mm -hmm. thought, well, shoot, I can fly all the way across the country, but I can stay with him. I don't have to rent a car. I don't have to get a hotel. This will be an inexpensive way to go to this art retreat. And mm -hmm. this one is a week long retreat and each day you pick a different class. So each day there's like 12 classes to choose from. So I went out there and I took jewelry classes, painting classes, uh, collage, assemblage, all these fun classes. I'd take six different classes in a week. Well, I met all these artists from all over the United States by going to this because you're in classes with, I mean, there were probably 500 people, attendees, but mm -hmm. each class had like 30 or 20 and so I met all these artists and this was before Facebook, mm -hmm. but we all had blogs. We started blogs and I had a blog back then and we all followed each other's blogs. And I just thought, gosh, there's so many amazing, great artists out there. And then meanwhile, I got involved with the Palm Beach County art scene and I started meeting all these amazing artists in Palm Beach County. Mm -hmm. And I got involved with um, doing art, pro doing art shows and um, networking, all this fun stuff with all these art artists here. And I thought, well, gosh, my local friends need to know my national friends and my national friends need to know my local friends. And I just always enjoy talking. I love talking to artists. So I thought, well, I loved podcasts. Why don't I start a podcast? And I'll interview artists and that way I'll introduce them to each other. And what so year was I'm that? 2018. So I started wow. around June 1st of 2018. And that was the year when I just started painting, painting, painting 2018 and 19. 
um, I, I knew that if I had a podcast talking about art, people would want to see my own art. So they both started at the same time where I was really going deep into developing my painting style the same time I was starting this podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want to point out something about the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I do an interview with an artist once a week. Well, my first year, I did two a week. <gasps> I would do. Yeah, I know. Right. Uh, so I did 100 episodes in the first year. Oh my I gosh. interviewed an artist on Wednesday, which is the way I do it now. And then on Friday, I would do this smaller business episode. So I would take one tip, hint that that artist talked about in their interview, and I would expand on it, just me. And so basically, I was writing a uh, 8 to 15 minute essay <laughs> about some topic in art business. Mm-hmm. And I would just read that I would say that on the Friday episode. So my first year, I did two episodes a week. And you can go back on my website, they're all on my websites, so you can find those. So wow. the odd numbers were artist interviews, and the even numbers were the business episodes. So there's 50 business episodes. And so one might be, what is a call to artists? And how do you respond to it? Another might so, be first. You just you just yeah. started with the local artists that you well, knew. Well, no, I I knew I knew out of state artists too. I knew national mm. artists too. So, in order to uh, feel confident that I could do this podcast and sustain it, I wanted to come up with just brainstorm a list of how many artists, just so I wouldn't run out and then suddenly not have to skip a week or something. And so I brainstormed and I, between my local and national, I came up with a list of 62 artists Mm -hmm. and I thought, okay, that's good. 62. That's a week. That's a year's worth. I can start this. And so there were more local artists near the beginning, but it always started mixed, you know, at my, um, third or fourth interview was somebody I, who I had taken a class, somebody from Washington state, who I'd taken a class with out in Oregon. Um, there was another one from Oregon who I'd taken a class with her. So yeah, I just tapped into all those artists and I knew. How was the reception of the artists? Well, um, at the beginning, I definitely went to my friends and said, "Can you? Mm-hmm. would you like to be on this podcast? Because I thought for sure they would say yes. <laughs> Because you, you know, you're, yeah. you're kind of nervous. And, and so then when I started contacting the national ones, you know, I had to remind them, I met you five years ago when I took a class with you in, in Portland, da, 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 da. I've been following your um, art career. I'd love to have you on my podcast. And so for them, it was just a very, um, very nice thing to say yes and be on this because I was nobody at that point. You know, I didn't have a lot of listeners, you know, I think my first week I got 50 listens, which 50 was awesome. Well, now I'm getting 1500 a week. Wow. So, yeah. So the, um, I really got to hand it to the ones who I interviewed at the beginning because they kind of took a chance on me and said, okay, I'll do this. So that was very nice of them. Yeah. Yeah. What did, make you like keep going there were instances that you got tired or thought about uh oh, this is you know what much. no i love it i absolutely love it i just kept going because it was so much fun yeah. um now after the first year i realized i couldn't sustain doing the two episodes yeah because i was writing a i was writing a six-page essay 
once a week yeah, that's all for right. 50 weeks. And it was a lot. And so after the first year, I said, OK, I'm just going to do the, the one artist interviews per week. But now I have archives of 50 business episodes that people can go back and listen to. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was a pretty good chunk. Um, so, no, I um, didn't take any time off, really. Um, did you so have did you have repeat artists in your show? Well, I did. And I'll tell you why. So I did not repeat any artists from June of 2018 until um, April of 2020. Wow. So it was all all, you know, unique artists. But then when we went down in lockdown mm. and artists, you know, small businesses, self-employed, they lost all of their business, all mm. of it. And I thought it seemed strange to call up an artist and go, hey, how's your business going? You want to be on my podcast? Because I knew it wasn't going. I knew there were a lot of artists who were struggling. Okay. So I kind of reframed it and I said, I called the ones who had already talked to me once and been on the podcast before and they, they knew me, they trusted me. And I said, do you want to talk for maybe 15 or 20 minutes and tell everybody what you're doing now that we've locked down? How have you changed? Have you pivoted? Are you doing something different? And, and so I came up with that idea on March 30th, I think it was, I sent out 12 emails and 11 of them said yes. Wow. And one said no. And she said, you know what? I don't know what I'm doing yet. I'm, it's, I, I'm doing nothing and I don't know mm -hmm. what I'm going to do. And I said, that's, that's okay. I understand. And she said no. Um, but the other ones, so what I did for a period of two months, so for eight weeks, I did two episodes, two smaller episodes mm -hmm. a week. So for eight weeks, I did 16 episodes and those were repeats. And those were people saying, okay, I, most of my income came from in-person classes. And of course now I can't do any in-person classes. I suddenly learned how to do online classes. Mm -hmm. um, there was another woman, Kelly Wynn, that I interviewed. And she said, I contacted 17 of my artist friends and said, hey, would you be willing to put together a little 15 or, or 20 minute um, how-to video on how to how to paint something um and i'd like to offer it to people for free and i can't pay you for it but i i just want to put together a group of 17 friends and she called it an art summit mm -hmm. and she offered it to free for people starting april i want to say 15th or something mm -hmm. she had it available from april 15th through may 30th and all of them said yes and she put this together so fast And she said, if you want to, if, if you want to pay something, you can pay what you want. You can pay me a dollar for 17 videos, or you can pay me $17 or whatever you want to pay, or you can pay me nothing. And she offered this for free because she knew that people were looking for something to do when we were first locked down. Yeah. So, um, these artists did a lot of clever, interesting things, but I think it's okay to have guests, you know, more than one time because artists evolve. And they yeah, change and what they're doing and they have new mm -hmm. offers and, yep. you know, things that they are doing. So, yeah, um, but I don't want to repeat just for the sake of repeating because there's a million artists out there. So yeah. I'm challenging myself to keep finding new artists. And yeah, I, it's, I it's generally amazing. look, yeah, I generally look through Instagram mm -hmm. and I have two criteria when I'm looking for an artist. One is they have to actively be, be making art mm -hmm. and 
and trying to sell it in some way, whether they're Mm -hmm. selling the techniques through a class or selling the actual art or selling books because they've written about it, whatever it can be, but they have to actively be trying to sell it. Mm -hmm. Um, So that takes out like hobbyists, you know, someone who's just making art for fun. Yeah. Um, And then the second criteria is they need to be easily found on the internet. Mm-hmm. And some people think they're easy to be found and they don't realize that they're not easy to be found <laughs> because I've had people contact me and say, Hey, I love your podcast. Could I be on your podcast? Mm-hmm. And I look and they're not on Instagram. They don't have a website. You can't find them anywhere. So if I can't find them, none Are of my you listeners selling art can. If people cannot find you. Well, and they may not be selling art. Ah, okay. that's that or maybe just local who are just know. contacting me saying hey i'm an artist can i be on your podcast yeah yeah so it's it's um, just amazing yeah. that you get to talk with all these people i myself i don't even remember when i started listening but it's been a while um, yeah and, and, I've, and I've, you have even like recently you have a person that paints wood like she does wood furniture and she paints yes. wood so very Dion, unique mm-hmm. artists yep. as well that you can find so, yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to mix it up. I I yeah. on purpose. You know, I yeah. want it to be interesting to a lot of people. It was really I, interesting to listen to yeah. her and uh, I never thought about oh, there's people that just paint wood. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she paints furniture about. and ships them around the United States. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. I've I've interviewed a few mural artists. Uh, jewelry artists. Yeah. Uh, I really would like to find more ceramic artists. I I, ha- I have yeah. to say there's two things that I love related to art is jewelry. I actually, yeah. when I was younger, like on my end of my teenage years, I sold jewelry to kind of have an extra income. And I, I help a jeweler. She needs somebody to help her make more because she sells oh, nice. on art fairs. So, and then I took to school, you know, to sell as well and things like that. So yeah. I love jewelry, especially bracelets. I'm obsessed yeah. by it. And I love pottery. Me too. I love yeah. pottery. Love yeah. it. So it's, it just amazes me. I think I could never try because my back, I have back issues, but um, I just love to look. I get so much inspiration from that. Yeah, me too. It's mm-hmm. uh, So it's amazing that you, you know, you kept going and, what do you think? I know it's a hard question because you interviewed a lot of people, but I'll, I'll ask you two things. First, the bad things. What do you think is the main struggle that you see artists have when they talk to you? Hmm. Oh, I got to think about that. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think um, for if I can, why you think about it, I think... Yeah. As a listener a long time, what I've been noticing with the new era of Instagram, I see some artists struggle when they talk to you when it comes to the Instagram part. I know you interview some that are really good on Instagram. They're doing reviews. Right. But yeah. I see that for some, it's kind of like, oh, why do I have to do that? Well, <laughs> and I think, yeah, and I think you kind of have a love-hate relationship with social media where yeah. you love it and you and you do it every single day for 20 days and then you're just like, oh, I'm so over it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, why hasn't this gotten me more recognition or whatever? Um, and then you skip it for a couple of yeah. weeks or something and then you go back. So it, it's cyclical and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, do, do what works for you. Um, I'm just impressed with all the different ways that people are using 
the internet, mm-hmm. like you, you putting videos on YouTube. And um, I was talking to somebody, or it might've been Dion, who was, who was the painting furniture. Um, somebody was saying that Pinterest is great. They're getting a ton of business. From I'm a Pinterest. big fan of Pinterest. Yeah. I firmly yeah, believe I don't on use Pinterest. It. I haven't. Yeah. Firmly believe. Yeah. Yeah. So, it takes time uh, though. It takes time. I would say that. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, so yeah, um, I think one of the things, and it's not so much that they talk about it on my podcast, but people have trouble with the website. Mm. You know, uh, it's yes, hard to find yes. somebody who's going to help you set up your website. Mm-hmm. Or if you do pay the big bucks and have them set it up, they yeah. don't really tell you how to add another painting, how to maintain it and, mm-hmm. and expand it. And they it. don't understand about SEO and this kind of things. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, so I think that's a, pr- that's a problem. Yeah. I talked to an artist recently and she was saying to me, she was asking me about SEO and stuff. And I mm-hmm. was giving her some hints and she's like, Oh, I have to talk to the people that do my website. And I said, well, how do you know they're using the proper SEO for you? And she's like, I don't know. Yeah. So, well, even if you have, you can pay people to take care of your website. You have to know how to do things because you do. have to check if they are doing the right thing for you. What if they are right. messing up your SEO? Yeah. I told her, you know, right. it's fine if you can pay someone to save that time, but you still have to know how to do things. Because what right. if, I don't know, that person is sick and cannot post something for you or cannot update or if your website is crashing and they can't get to you fast enough. Right, right. right. So, yeah. And she was like, who did your website? I said, myself. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't, yeah. I just, I don't have anyone. Everything that you see me doing, I do. It's a one woman show. Yep. Me too. Yeah. One so, woman show. Yeah. With the um, podcast, with everything. Yeah. Yeah. And that comes a lot mm-hmm. of time that you waste learning this. Stuff. Not waste, but, you know, you have to learn. And oh, it's a time it that, yeah, I'm yeah. not, I would like to be all day painting. But yeah. I, if I'm the one responsible keeping my website going, things like that, you know. Yeah. So what is the thing that has inspired you so far with all these interviews? Uh, what inspires me is how giving they are with their, with their knowledge and information. So, yes, they want to get money from teaching and get money mm-hmm. from writing books about it. But you see all the content that they're putting on Instagram and on their website and blog posts mm-hmm. and, and YouTube videos, they're giving away so much for free. Yeah. And it's not like, Oh, if I give this, fr-, it's not like a, a sneaky way. If I give this free, then they'll want to buy something. No, mm-hmm. they're just giving it free because they're generous because yeah. artists are just amazing people and they just want to share what they know. And that's, what's impressed me is, yeah. is just how much they, are so giving to everybody else in the art world. It doesn't seem competitive. In and my also opinion. like, you know, artists not going to do big bucks like people that play video games on YouTube or Stitcher, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we are not doing this completely just for money. Of course, we need money because as I sure. said, we have to keep up these things. We have to keep a website. We have to keep and we have to buy supplies and everything. But right. I yeah. think artists are a unique breed of people because we do things more because we want to spread that love and that joy and mm-hmm. want people to feel the same thing we feel when we produce their art. Right. I'm yeah. sure a potter, when they do a mug, they envision somebody sipping their coffee and have a good time with that beautiful mm-hmm. mug, right? 
Yeah. And I think when you do the garden acrylics, you're thinking, wow, I want a little piece of garden on people's house. Right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think we are unique in that sense that, okay, I'm not just going to play video games to win money, right? Not right. wrong with that, but we, we can compare. I think that's yeah. the difference. I think mm-hmm. it's, um, I kind of admire and I hope I can get there with my podcast and I admire a lot your podcast for a long time just because of the consistency that you have mm, thank you and for all the great interviews you did so far um I'm yeah, still I'm so... on babe steps and have to learn a lot how to do good interviews <laughs> well you know it's you also have to just say it is what it is yeah. Yes, and in my interviews, I say yeah a lot. I say um a lot. Yeah. Well, and so what? People are still listening. Yeah. I, so. when I was thinking, it's kind of like you. I was thinking, first of all, I want people to have that connection with people so they can understand my thinking better and what I want them to get from my art and from what yeah. I want to spread of my art, which is also the benefits of mental health and anxiety, you know, to help with anxiety and depression. But I just love to talk as well, and especially love to talk with artists and geek about products and all this kind of thing. Right, yeah. (laughs) And um, I like to keep it a conversation. And I have to say, in the beginning, when I thought about, I was like, "Mm, I don't know, because, you know, I have an accent. And sometimes that can make you feel that, I don't know, you have all this stupid thoughts that people are not going to understand you and blah, blah, blah. But there is a point that is like, if it's in your heart and whoever likes it is going to go over this stuff and it's going to go forward and listen to it. Right. Right. And mm-hmm. I hope that they can, you know, listen and gain something that day with the podcast. Like I always, uh, you know, with the artists that you, I get so surprised or inspired or um, you have artists that are also psychiatrists and you know all this kind of thing so you always learn something and you can admire something from that conversation definitely definitely and I also like talking to artists from other countries because they just have a different perspective on things Mm -hmm. you know I've talked to artists a lot in Canada um, Australia New Zealand Ireland, Germany, England, Mexico, and they just have a different take on things too. So yeah, um, that's enjoyable. And yeah. it's also interesting when we talk with people from Australia, New Zealand, these places, how they can get creative and, and with sometimes not all the supplies we have here, because I think right. here yeah. we have too much. Yeah. Like if you um, want, if you want acrylic paints, right? The, of course, the main as no one is Posca, but today you go to Amazon and you have three other brands of acrylic pants, right? Right. And yeah. sometimes they say that if you, they want to buy gold and, you know, because of the shipping to Australia, to, you know, other countries, it can be more expensive. I mean, it's already expensive yes. here. It's not cheap. Right. But it's, but they are doing work that is amazing it and, is and yeah. they can get other kinds of supplies that maybe we don't have here but sometimes they right. say that oh i wish we had this here and i wish we had this here 
Yeah. And I know that in the last year, it was particularly hard because shipping yeah, just shipping. was all screwed up. The post office, it was all messed up. Oh, and yeah. People just in Australia, they weren't able to get anything. If yeah. Originated yeah. And the, in the shipping United also increased a lot. I actually stopped yeah. sending some things from my sister because the shipping increased yeah. so much. And mm -hmm. but I was surprised actually that I bought a set of brushes from Rosemary and Co. that is from you know England, and mm -hmm. they sent for FedEx. It arrived here in two days. Oh, nice! Yeah, that's great. And I didn't that's pay that much for the shipping. Mm -hmm. Suzanne, it was such a great conversation. I it's um, I was curious about you know to deep dive with you about the podcast because as a long time listener. You always like, how did she start it? How did that come up? Um, well, and I let me just interject real quick. Um, yeah. If to look at my timing, I started uh, around June first, mm -hmm. but I started around February. Mm -hmm. So February is when I started figuring out and doing the things for the podcast. But at the same time, I was creating my website from scratch because I knew mm -hmm. I wanted to have a website to support mm -hmm. the, the podcast, podcast and my art. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I did three plus months working very, very hard to get this ready. And now, flash forward a couple of years, now people can start a podcast and just do it on their phone. <laughs> so That's I look true. back at, yeah, all the research I did, you know, I, how to do it right. But, you know, I, I read that you should be consistent and you should do it every week, that it should be around the same length all these things. And so I took that to heart and, and don't skip weeks or they'll forget about you. And, yeah. um, it doesn't have to be that way, but that's how I chose to do it. Mm -hmm. And yeah. So, um, I kind of got the rule book of how to do podcasts and I did it exactly the way the rule book was, but that doesn't mean you have to do it that way. You can do it any way you want. Yeah. And since then I ended up taking, um, February of 21 off. I took a whole month off because in 32 months, I hadn't taken any time off at all. Yeah. So yeah, I needed a month off and I didn't do anything. I mean, I, I didn't. And I, I think it's okay. I mean, yeah. to me as a listener, I'm like, you know, some podcasts they say that they say, look, this is, we're going to have a break. And you know, some podcasts, they do seasons. So they have that break. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it's, it's okay. And then it's great when I see pops up here on my feed and, mm -hmm. um, so it's it's okay and as you said yes at that time people keep saying some people still saying that but at the same time in my case i think you know it is what it is i'm one person yep. i still have a young son i have a lot to on my hands and right. i yeah. do what i can mm -hmm. and one thing is i'm gonna keep going but um if sometimes it's not every week you know, it's because mm -hmm. life happened and, and that's the way it is. And you're putting your podcast on the podcast platform, but then you're also putting this conversation where you, you can see us on YouTube, correct? Yes. yes. Yeah. And that's a step I'm not doing. I'm not doing a video. I don't record the video of our, mm -hmm. of my yeah, podcast before I was doing yeah. just the, uh, before I was doing just the audio on YouTube, but then mm -hmm. I thought, you know, I listen, I watch some podcasts on YouTube as well. I'm a podcast junk. And, yeah. <laughs> and you know, even though I'm doing some things and I'm listening, but it's nice to sometimes look and see them and sometimes they show things or they have reactions. And I thought, yeah. you know, people would like to see that. So whoever yeah. accepts, of course, I'm not going to 
you know, if the person said to me, I, I don't want it, of course, I'm just going to put the sound there. But yeah. I thought that would be nice for people to connect the voice with the person and see, mm -hmm. because Absolutely. I like so much to see that on YouTube, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And for me, I, I do what I call show notes. So on my website, if you look under the podcast tab, mm -hmm. you can see a list of the episodes and then you can click on yes. one. And I include eight to 10 photos, a couple photos of the artist, a bunch of photos of their art and then links so they can get back to their website and social media. So I use my website as a companion to the podcast where you can go and look at more pictures of the artist and then and their art yeah. and then go find their website. Yeah, I have as yeah. well on my on my I think that is important. And yeah. and also, of course, the podcast feed has you can go back, but on I, I think it's important to have on our website as well, so people can not just see the back episodes, but see all the notes and, and you know. And right. there and was a couple of know. times, uh, there are some times that I went to your website because you talked about something that I knew you're going to put uh, the link there. So it is important. Yeah. Sometimes we talk yeah. about products or things like that. And, mm -hmm. and uh, I don't know if you know this, but once you get to about, they only keep about a hundred of your episodes on a lot of the podcast platforms. Mm -hmm. So once you get ab above a hundred, they start knocking some off. So mm. you can't find my business episodes, my first season interviews. Oh, so that's the why only it's place good as well to website. put on the website. Yeah. 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 So, I think as you said before, I know some artists struggle with website, but it's so important to have a home mm -hmm. that people can go and yep. find everything mm -hmm. that you do, what's going on yeah. with you. Because yeah. again, Instagram, all these things, they change all the time. You know, yeah. some yeah. some platforms died that did social yeah. media, right? Mm -hmm. So we had platforms that are not here anymore. So, right, right. And, and the website is important. And today I have to say, there is a, you know, if you're listening to this and if you're watching this, there are some platforms now that are so easy for you to build your own. I did my website with Squarespace, there is Wix, you know, mm -hmm. I did my Square, I used to do WordPress and uh, it's just, I know some people swear by WordPress, but it's just so much work and it's so clunky. And yeah, I use WordPress. That's what I, I learned on. Um, so I've heard others are easier, but I don't see any reason to change just because of that. Now yeah, that I figured it but out. But when I changed yeah. my business, I said, I don't yeah. want WordPress anymore. I had so yeah. many issues of WordPress mm -hmm. and, and I went to Squarespace because he offers also a, a possibility to have a website in e-commerce. So, mm -hmm. and it was such a great experience. I think especially for artists, because, uh, you know, Squarespace in particular, it goes to that kind of more visual artists. Is a website yeah. done for mm -hmm. that. Um, it's a platform for that, for more visual artists. So, mm -hmm. so I'll, anyway, the meaning is don't get this, not make you do your website. There is places out there that is easy to drag and drop and you can have mm -hmm. a simple website you don't need to right. have all the you can have that later you can evolve i'm right. always changing my website and i'm updating mm -hmm. things so don't feel that you have to have that particular i can just start if i have a super duper website no right yeah no you you don't have to have everything perfect to start yeah. So, mm -hmm. Suzanne, yeah. I'll put here again so people can go to SuzanneRedmond.com if they want to see your art and see all the beautiful things that we talked today. I'm going to put some things on the um, 
notes as well. And also they can look for the Left Brain Artist in all platforms that you can stream podcasts. So if you use Overcast, Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, and yep. probably Google, Google Play, uh, yeah. everything. So I everything, Heart America. You just I lo- search. I love, not I Heart America. I love radio. I yeah. Heart Radio. That's yeah. what it is. I, I Heart, Heart Radio. radio. Yeah. And Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if you are not sure, you can just Google the Left Brain Artist Podcast and it's going to show all the feed for you. Yep. And mm-hmm. your Instagram is always the Left Brain Artist, right? Podcast for the podcast. Yes. And then, yeah. at, and then it's Suzanne Redmond Art for my personal art. art. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will link that as well. Suzanne, yeah. thank you so much. It was such a pleasure, um, you know, to have the opportunity to meet you and to talk to you uh, as a yes, long-time listener. Yes, thank you. Listener. This has been fun. Yeah, yeah. it is And I wonderful. appreciate you listening. Thank you. Yeah, and it was wonderful to learn more about your art and about the person behind the podcast. I appreciate it. Well, it's been my pleasure too. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Check episode notes at the number two, worldart.com slash blog. Connect with Jana on Instagram at Jana underscore two worlds. And make sure to receive our artful insights by signing up at bit.ly slash join two worlds art.